For the past several years, especially since the last Olympic Games, we've been told that women don't make as much money as men, especially women in sports. We're told that the uh, the uh, WNBA players don't make as much as the men, and we're told that the women's national soccer team doesn't make as much as the men. And the response to that has been, well, they don't bring in as many people as the as the men do. They don't bring in the revenue, so they get paid a smaller percentage. And the lawsuit that these women brought uh, by Megan Rapahoe was thrown out of court because of that very reason. However, it turned out that the people that end up paying soccer stars, and I don't know who they are, but I don't care either, decided to pay the women exactly the same as the men, and they're just going to eat the uh, the difference. I am Bill Little with Steve Green and Scott Ott, and so today we have a little bit of evidence, finally, a little bit of a metric in, in this uh, ongoing uh, mass psychosis. Uh, of a belief that women and men are, are perfectly equal in, in every way, especially in the athletic field. Because the women's national team, in order to prove that they were worthy of the same salary as men, entered a, 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 a soccer competition. Um, these were not against, this cannot be stated strongly enough, this was not against professional teams. This was against like friendly leagues. And so they played three games. Uh, the first game uh, that they played the men um, beat them uh, five to one. I'm sorry, correction, five to nothing. But, you know, five to nothing in soccer, that's a, that's a landslide. Uh, in the second game against an all-men team, the men beat them 12 to nothing. And then in the third game, uh, where the team consisted of men and women, the opponents of the U.S. national soccer team, uh, the American women's team lost seven to one. Um, so the so the final score is twenty four to one. So if if um, if we have this discussion about how much better men are at soccer and what wh- what they should be paid relative to the female athletes, then clearly if you're getting paid by the goal, men should be making twenty four times what the women are making. Makes sense to you, Steve? Uh, yeah, it sure does. Gosh, twelve to nothing. Uh- I mean, soccer is such a low-scoring sport. I think there are professional teams that go an entire season and score maybe 12 goals. The leader, the leader of the team, um, the, the head striker, uh, one guy who scored, scored four four goals against uh, the women's national team in the game, uh, was 46 years old, had retired 25 years ago, and uh, like most of us about that age, is beginning to realize he, he could still play soccer without cartilage. But <laughs> nevertheless, there you go. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy women's sports. Um, It is different, though. Women's sports are not men's sports because, and this is going to get us banned, demonetized, canceled, whatever, uh, men and women are different, and those differences are immutable. There you have it. Um, Boy, I'm going to hell for stating the obvious again, aren't I? and you watch women's sports for different reasons than you watch men's sports. Um, and the job, a professional athlete's job is not to play soccer or baseball or football. That's how they do their job. But their job is to sell tickets and That's merchandise right. and to draw eyeballs to TV screens. Uh, this, this is the real job. And, if you sell less of these things, then you get paid less. Look, okay, um, when I'm writing for PJ Media, 
my actual job is to sell advertisements that grace the, uh, the, the, the side of the, the screen there. And I do that through the process of, of putting up words on a screen. Now, Google puts up words on a screen too. So we essentially have the same job. Uh, we both put up words in a screen in order to sell banner ads to, to buyers. So on that basis, I should be paid as much as Google makes, right? Yeah, exactly. Correct. No, and we, we know that isn't true. And it's the same thing with with any sort of any sort of entertainment. If you can draw the eyeballs, you get the money. If not, you don't. Um, and this this leads into this idea that we're destroying women's sports in two ways. And it'd be a real crime if this is allowed to, 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 to fully happen. The first is the obvious way, uh, allowing biological men to compete in women's sports. Um, it, it's it's not just that men are going to tend to do much better than the women in women's sports. It's the uh, chilling effect it has on girl, young female athletes who are still in, who are still in school and thinking about pursuing sports. Because, uh, you know, you start very young. You start in elementary school, middle school. Uh, these young girls are seeing what's going on, and they're just going to choose not to do it. And that is a, yeah, what's that is a damn shame. Um, but the other way is a little more subtle. And I had no idea about this until you mentioned it, Bill. But uh, there was a company, I believe, in Seattle. I can't remember what they did. But uh, the CEO, Big Progressive, said that everybody in the company is going to be paid a living wage, and it's all going to be the same living wage. It, it, right. Everybody is going to get $70,000 a year, whether it was the, the CEO, this big lefty, or the, the lowest employee on the, on the ladder. And guess what? Went bankrupt. Took about a year. Out of cash, out of business, done. And this idea that uh, whatever this league is, is going to, out of their own pocket, pay the women as much as the men. Well, the men are going to have to sell a lot more tickets on a lot more TV time to, to make up for this deficit. And if they don't, is the league just going to have to cut out women's soccer altogether? Seems like the cost-effective thing to do. And if Megan Rapahoe wasn't making such a loud noise about how unfairly treated she uh, she was at the hands of this god-awful, patriarchal, misogynist, uh, you know, living hell that, that we find ourselves here in America, wouldn't be taking so much pleasure in a 24-to-1 total thrashing. But nevertheless, she did, so I am. Scott, this um, this this dif- distance is a, this is significant. This is a significant blowout, 24-to-1 in soccer uh, over three games. And the women were the ones who actually wanted the match. They wanted to show that they were per- perfectly capable of playing on the same field as men and earning the same money as men. So there's your there's your answer. But this obviously bleeds over into the transgender sports issue as well. So when they talk about the fact that, well, it's a biological man, doesn't really make much difference, men and women more or less the same, just a little uh, another little fact for you here. Uh, the um, the fastest woman who ever lived uh, was um, uh, Flojo, and she ran uh, the 100-meter dash in, I think it was 10.48 uh, seconds. Now, as it turns out, they keep a record down of 10,000s of, of the, every, every official meet has a, a score. So just as a, just as a sense of, of uh, the reality of it, where do you think the fastest woman in the world places among the fastest men in the world. What ranking do you think Flojo gets to? I couldn't even guess, but it's not going to be great. Come on, try. Try. Um, 897. 
She's 7,090. <laughs> there are 7,089 men have ridden, have ridden fast, have run faster in in official meets than the fastest woman that ever lived. And so they want to tell us that when uh, Leah Thompson competes against women, that this is no big deal, that there's no real difference, and it all depends on how you feel. The fastest woman in the world has got the 7,090th best time for the 100-meter dash. It's about time we had to start smacking people in the face with these numbers. I don't want to do this, and, and I'm not happy that I have to do this, but the people I feel sorry for, and the same as Steve, is what do you say to these to these female athletes who get up at five in the morning? You know, or they don't get up at five in the morning; they're in the pool at five in the morning. What do you say to them, right? You've you've worked your you've worked your butt off as hard as any male athlete, and now you get to come in second. Automatically, you're going to come in second. That's the best you can hope for. Yeah, I, I think that um, ultimately the market system will play out here, even though in the short term, uh, people who have a financial interest may be acting against their best interest in order to somehow preserve this idea um, that you're castigating here. Um, in a related story to what you said about the, uh, of the soccer match, um, the World Soccer Organization called FIFA uh, rose to uh, National Public Radio's attention this week because they will not sell broadcast rights in the five major European countries to the 2023 Women's World Cup of Soccer because they don't feel like they're being offered a fair price for these for the rights to broadcast. So basically, these countries are say, or, or the broadcasters agencies in those countries are saying we're not going to pay FIFA what they're asking to for the broadcast rights for Women's World Cup soccer. It's not worth it to us because we can't generate enough of an audience to be able to sell enough advertising to compensate us for the price that they're demanding. And so FIFA is now threatening them by saying, well, you just won't have the Women's World Cup in those countries broadcast directly. You know, it's not going to be oh. it's not going to be available. Um, that's going to prove to be an unpersuasive argument. My guess is that eventually they'll come to some accommodation that makes it look like uh, they are doing something uh, to compensate for the fact that they don't want to cough up that much money for women's soccer. But basically they say, look, in, in even in the men's World Cup, at the early levels, or, or in the Women's World Cup rather, there are very few people who are known in the Women's World Cup. And so uh, the women who are known within their countries will generate some excitement in some countries. But, the, you know, the people in Germany don't give a flying rip about the, the match between Tanzania and Spain. You know, they really don't care in women's soccer the way they do in men's soccer. In men's soccer, that event is huge. Every game is important. They said from the earliest rounds, I know that even my colleagues at my other job were, were very engaged in that, and they were constantly keeping up with countries, some of which they probably hadn't even heard of before the World Cup match. Um, but it's not like that in women's soccer. There's not that kind of, of enthusiasm about it yet. And so, you know, these are major European countries that are basically saying, you know, it's not there financially for us, FIFA, sorry. And FIFA is trying to bully them <laughs> into, into coughing up more money than it's worth. So I think ultimately, uh, economics are going to answer this question. And, and I think that ultimately, um, 
parents' tolerance for seeing their little girls taken advantage of is going to answer the other question. Um, I think that it's only so long uh, you can be theoretically in favor of kindness and goodness and gentleness and fairness uh, uh, toward other people, but when your little girl gets hurt, or when your little girl can't play, or when your little girl who's busted her tail all these years, and like you said, in the pool at five in the morning, is deprived of what she's worked so hard for because some guy who suddenly decided that he's found an arena he can play in when he couldn't compete among the men, uh, that's not gonna last forever. This is going to, we're gonna look back on this period in our history, uh, shaking our heads, wondering how it lasted as long as it did. Yeah, I think so, and I hope so. Um, as I said before, I don't get any pleasure out of this. You know, uh, this doesn't make me happy pointing out these numbers, but they, they're leaving us with no choice but to point out these numbers. If trans athletes are allowed to continue to compete and, and all restrictions are moved all across sports, the Olympics will consist of straight men and, well, let me rephrase that, biological men and trans men. There won't be men and women's sports. There will be biological men and trans men's sports. Because if this thing completely opens up to trans athletes, there won't be any women in the Olympics. That's how much stronger and faster men are than women. And you can't beat the biology out of people. This isn't fair. It isn't right. It's not appropriate. It's not decent. It's not It's not logical. It's, it's, it's an inversion of every obvious fact that we know. The only thing about animals that is in fact binary is their sex. That's the only thing. Everything else is a spectrum. How tall are you? How smart are you? How fast are you? All an infinite spectrum. But one thing is an on and off switch. And Scott's point is, is, is well taken. I certainly hope he's right. I, I suspect he is. People are going to look back at this time the same way that they look back at things like the Salem witch hunts or the or the giant tulip um, market where people were spending enormous fortunes, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in today's money to buy specific tulip bulbs because, or the dot-com bubble or whatever, mass psychosis where everybody's just acting completely insane. So I'm very glad. Now, final thing I'll say about this is I was surprised that the men beat the women by 12 to nothing to 12 to nothing in that second game because frankly I didn't think the men were going to play that hard against the women I was surprised they played as hard as they did the rules for this tournament if I understand correctly was that the winning team gets a million dollars okay that's impressive but if it turned out that the winning team got a million dollars per goal then this wouldn't be 24 to 1 yeah this would be a hundred to one and and that is the way it is so uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, put up or shut up, Megan, and the rest of you. This, the people that they lost to were not Olympic men's teams, and they were not professional men's teams. They were like the Rotary Club team. And everybody said the guys were going easy on them. Make it a million dollars per goal, see what happens. So I think about, I think me and, and everyone else in this country have had about enough of this nonsense. And the fact that the that the women's national team went looking for this fight shows you just how completely delusional they really are. And I hope that they got a little bit of a lesson out of this because I certainly got a little enjoyment out of it. For Steve Green and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Whittle, and we'll see you next time right here on Right Angle.